Nothing beats two acoustic musicians in a room together with just their voices and their instruments. I think the acoustic duo format is simply the best. It allows you to capture incredible tone from the instruments, as well as that certain sweetness of a smaller, more intimate concert. Which is why on today's Acoustic Tuesday show, I'll be sharing with you what I think are the 10 best acoustic duo albums ever to be recorded. Hey TAC family, welcome to episode 183 of the Acoustic Tuesday show. The show is all about bringing fun, focus, and progress to your guitar journey through my weekly Guitar Geek list, plus success stories from your fellow TAC members. Which brings me to a question. Have you ever felt like all you wanna do is play guitar, but you simply don't have the time? TAC member Kurt felt the exact same way. With a busy work and travel schedule, it was hard for him to find time to play guitar. But today on the show, you're gonna meet Kurt and find out what he did to maintain a solid guitar routine so he could live his best acoustic life and make family memories surrounding music. You're gonna meet Kurt here in just a little bit, plus you're gonna get your weekly dose of acoustic news you can use. And I gotta tell you, you're in for a treat this week because I've got new albums for you, I've got reworked classic rock songs, I've got new guitars for you. Yes, the list goes on and on. We'll get to that towards the end of the show, but first, let's dig into the 10 best acoustic duo albums ever to be recorded, in my opinion. Have I got an amazing list of albums to share with you. This was an incredibly fun list to compile and it was difficult as well because I had to leave some great albums off of this list. But rest assured, this is the cream of the acoustic duo crop, again, in my opinion. Now, what I wanna do is do this in a countdown fashion, starting at 10 and moving to one, one being my favorite acoustic duo album of all time. Yes, it's one that you must have in your record collection. We'll get there, but we have to start at number 10 first. Now, as we go through this list, what I'm gonna do is show you the album cover and then play a small sample of a song from that album. Due to copyright, some of the songs I might not be able to play. That being said, if you don't hear the song, don't worry, I got you covered. I've created a Spotify playlist that gives you the songs I'm gonna reference on today's show, just in case I have to cut them out of the show. Now, with all of those disclaimers being said, let's go ahead and dig in. Coming in at the number 10 position is an album you may have never heard before. In fact, I put money on the fact that you never heard it before. It's entitled Bourbon and Rosewater. Yeah, it's got a pretty fancy title, doesn't it? And this is Jerry Douglas, and I'm gonna try and say this correctly. So it's Jerry Douglas, Jerry Douglas, and Vishwa Mohan Bhatt. Yes. Jerry Douglas on slide guitar, Weisenborn and Dobro, and Vishwa Mohan Bhatt on the, I believe it's called the Mohan Veena, or the classical Indian slide guitar. This is a mind-blowing duo album for so many reasons. Uh, number one, there's just counter melodies happening in all of the songs. Number two, the texture of the album is insane because you have instruments that we're pretty familiar with on Jerry Douglas's end of the spectrum, and then instruments that you may have never heard before on Vishwa Mohan Bhatt's end of the spectrum. Now, the song I wanna play for you today is uh, entitled Overtones and Stained Glass. I think it's a great sample of how these instruments work together. So let's go ahead and have a listen. Mm -hmm. 
Coming in at number nine is an album that was released in 2016. It's entitled Country Blues by my musical friends Rob Ikes and Trey Hensley. This duo is, they to be honest, they have it all. They can melt your face with insane solos. They can pull at your heartstrings with amazing singing and harmony. And the songwriting is just absolutely stellar. In fact, the song I've selected for you to hear is a song entitled, That's, What's, That's What Leaving's For. And the reason I selected it is not because of the face-melting solos, although this album contains plenty. The reason I chose this song is because I think it shows how incredibly dynamic these two performers are and how much command they have over their instruments. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. There are no need for words when love is through. Well, that's what leaving's for. Well, that's what leaving's for. We're gonna go ahead and keep riding the bluegrass train for the number eight position. And I have to say, when this album came out in 2011, I loved it. Today, I love it even more. The album is Sleep With One Eye Open by Chris Thiele and Michael Daves. Now, these two individuals are mind-blowing musicians. Chris Thiele on the mandolin, Michael Daves on the guitar. So instrumentally, they've got their bases covered. Vocally, I think is where this album really shines because it reminds me of classic old-time bluegrass. Both Chris Thiele and Michael Daves have a unique timbre to their voice, and when they come together, it's like magic. It's literally like magic in music. It's, it's musical magic. It's magical music. Uh, so the song I've selected from this album for you to listen to is Bury Me Beneath the Willow. So bury me Number seven position is held by yet another bluegrass album. Now, I'm not trying to be biased with this list, but I think the bluegrass genre lends itself to the acoustic duo format quite possibly the best out of any genre. Just my opinion. Don't, don't get angry. It's just my opinion. Coming in at number seven is Brian Sutton's Not Too Far From The Tree. Now, you're thinking, okay, Brian Sutton, that's, that's a singular artist. Well, this album, I think, is quite possibly a must own for any bluegrass guitar fanatic. Any, anybody wanting to get into bluegrass guitar, period. Because it features Brian Sutton on all the tracks, an amazing bluegrass guitar player, and he's pairing himself with another amazing bluegrass guitar player in most cases. There's some, some fiddle and dobro on here as well. But So we've got Brian Sutton paired with the likes of Tony Rice, Norman Blake, Doc Watson, Russ Berenberg, Dan Crary. Uh, fill in the blank. It's like, it's like the Mount Rushmore of bluegrass guitar and they pick on classic bluegrass instrumentals. Now, the song I've selected for you to listen to is entitled Big Sciota with Russ Berenberg. I had so much fun creating this list because as I mentioned before, the acoustic duo format is quite possibly my favorite. There's an intimacy with it, there's a closeness to the musicians, and there's this, this ability to capture the true voice of the instrument and not have it buried by all this other stuff. You just have a voice and an instrument. Now, the number six position that we're about to get to here is, is gonna find us departing from the bluegrass path. <gasps> I know, but there's duo albums in other genres. 
I know, I know, I was surprised too. This next album was released in 2013. It's a self-titled album from the Civil Wars. Now this is their follow-up album, and I have to say, it contains one of my favorite songs of all time. If you haven't heard the Civil Wars, you must hear them, quite simply. You have to, you have to hear them, and you're about to. This is the song From This Valley off of their self-titled album, The Civil Wars, again released in 2013. The number five spot is occupied by two guitarists that I wholeheartedly admire, Don Ross and Callum Graham. In 2013, they came together to record the album 1234, and it is a mind-blowing example of how two modern percussive fingerstyle guitar players can get together and create, again, musical magic. I feel like this whole list is musical magic, but this particular album is like listening to an orchestra, but it's only two people playing. It's sensitive, it has, it, the, the tone that's captured is, is unreal, and well, it's just, it, you need to hear it. So let's go ahead and do that. Here's the title track from that album, 1234, performed by Callum Graham and Don Ross. We're gonna take a mosey over to the Americana genre for the number four position, and it's held by two individuals whose voices come together on nearly every song in a very Simon and Garfunkel-esque way. They are not Simon and Garfunkel. They are not trying to be Simon and Garfunkel. They are quite simply Simon and Garfunkel-esque. Yes, the Milk Carton Kids are coming in at number four with their album, Prologue, released in 2011, specifically the very first track on that album, Michigan. Every time I hear it, my hair stands on end, and we're gonna listen so you can find out why. Michigan's in the field, field Keep your hands where I could see you. The time has come. We are moving on to the top three acoustic duo albums of all time, period, end statement. This is not in my opinion. This is quite simply, the next three albums I'm gonna list off are the top three acoustic duo albums of all time. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the trifecta and let's kick it off with the number three position and it's brought to you by Norman Blake and Tony Rice. Yes, their very first album together, Blake and Rice holds the number three spot. What a mind blowing album. Uh, mind blowing, it doesn't even scratch the surface. This album is a definitive acoustic duo album in the bluegrass genre for guitar tone. I mean, it has everything. Released in 1992, it features two of the finest flat pickers ever to hold a guitar. And the song I wanna feature is entitled, Gonna Lay Down My Old Guitar. Here it is. I'm gonna lay down my old guitar. Lay down my old guitar. I wish I could tie it to my side and take it along with me. The number two position, the silver medal gets awarded to Keith Whitley and Ricky Skaggs for their album Second Generation. You wanna talk vocal harmony? You wanna talk instrument interplay? You wanna talk two voices that belong together like peanut butter and jelly? 
butter and popcorn, an earthworm and a fish hook, this is the album. Quite simply, from the song selection to the performance, it's tops from track one all the way to the end of the album. I'm actually not quite sure how many tracks that album has. Uh, the song I've selected for you to listen to, though, is one that pulls at your heartstrings, but it really shows what this album is all about in terms of the musicality that's contained. But if you're gonna cheat on me, don't cheat in our Welcome to the number one acoustic duo album ever recorded. I sure hope your ears are hungry because I'm about to deliver to you a sonic snack that your ear teeth can chew on for the rest of eternity. The number one acoustic duo album ever to be recorded is Skaggs and Rice, Ricky Skaggs and Tony Rice. Words cannot describe how impressive this album is. I'm going to try my best. I'm not going to do a good job, but we're going to listen. So hopefully the song will make up for my lack of grammar, my lack of descriptors for this album. The guitar tone, the mandolin tone are models. They're models for every acoustic instrument that should ever be, that will ever be recorded. The voice, it's buttery smooth. I should say the voice is buttery smooth. I mean, they match. They're like puzzle pieces. I could listen to this album every day from here forward, and I would never get tired of it. In fact, I probably have ever since I heard it first back in probably 2005, 2006. Anyways, I want you to hear it. So we're going to listen to the song Where the Soul of Man Never Dies. It shows how the instruments work together. It shows how the voices work together. I got no, I got no words left. I have no words. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. No time to let me know what your favorite acoustic duo album is. So in the comments below, please let me know. I would love for the comments to serve as a way to combine our guitar geek powers and create this massive list of amazing acoustic duo albums. As I mentioned when I was coming up with this list, it was hard for me to limit it to just 10 albums, so I'm sure I missed some absolute dandies. So in the comments below, let me know what your favorite acoustic duo album is. I want to revisit that question that I posed right at the beginning of the show. Do you ever just want to play guitar, but you simply don't have the time? Between life, work, travel, you name it, you just simply don't have the time. Well, TAC family member Kurt G was in a very similar scenario. With a crazy work and travel schedule, he had to really consciously carve out time for his guitar routine. And he did just that. Here's his story. I wanted to play guitar for as long as I can remember. Um, I remember when I was a kid, my dad used to come down and play this guitar uh, that he had. I, I didn't know what he was doing, I didn't know what it was, but I knew my sister and I would come out of our bed when he'd start playing late at night, and uh, he'd make up these songs that sounded fantastic. I didn't even know what they were. Turns out they were nothing, they were just stuff that he made up. But um, I remember coming out and I remember singing songs uh, with my sister. Um, and dancing while my dad played that guitar. And uh, I knew from then on that I wanted to play guitar and I wanted to be just like him. You know, I don't think there really is a right or wrong way to enjoy playing the guitar. 
Um, for me, I think my favorite thing to do is, is writing songs. Um, for other people that might be playing with friends or playing for family, I love that stuff too. In particular, I really enjoy playing songs um, at home for my wife, uh, for my mom, for my sister, um, and just hanging out with friends in the backyard playing some music. I have been able to realize my dream of writing songs, and I think my journey has taken me to places that I never imagined. I never thought I was going to meet so many fantastic people. I never thought that I'd be playing with other people. And I certainly never in my wildest dreams imagined that other people outside of Tony's Acoustic Challenge um, would want to hear my songs or would want to perform with me. Joining TAC might have been the best thing I could have done for my guitar journey. I'm not sure I'd be where I'm at my learning process with the guitar if I was taking lessons any other way. And that's not to say that there aren't other great ways to learn the guitar. That's to say that I tried a bunch of them and they didn't work for me. Traditional lessons weren't going to work for me because I have a hard time sticking to any set schedule. I travel a lot for business and meeting anybody at a consistent time week in and week out was never going to work for me. I like the ability to do the lessons on my schedule on my terms. It really works for me. And if I miss a lesson, I can just pick up where I left off or choose to skip that and pick up with the current lesson. My name is Kurt Ginter and I am a guitar geek. Kurt's story is awesome for two distinct reasons. Number one, it shows his commitment to his guitar routine. Given his work and travel schedule, he's doing it on his own time and he's making it work. He's writing songs and he's living his best acoustic life. The second reason I wanted to feature Kurt's story is that it very closely parallels my own personal story. I was inspired by my dad to play guitar and to see that in someone else makes me realize that I think a lot of us guitar geeks are quite similar in our roots in that we were inspired by someone and oftentimes that's a family member. And oftentimes that might be a parent, it could be a mom or a dad, but it's just so cool to see that in somebody else's guitar journey. And I wholeheartedly appreciate Kurt's willingness to share his story and inspire other guitar geeks. Speaking of inspiration, let's, um, let's hop in the uh, Acoustic Life private jet and uh, yeah, just, just find a seat, grab a drink. It's gonna take a second because we're, we're headed to Albany, New York. And we're gonna take a look at a guitar snow from Darius Mojalali. And hopefully I said that right. He phonetically uh, submitted his name. So I hope I, I hope I did it okay. We're gonna look at his guitar snow and holy smokes, put your, put your sunglasses on for this one. This is a bright shining guitar snow with some real amazing instruments in it. Here's what Darius has in his guitar snow. A Martin D18V, a 1930 National Single O with a neck reset and a new fretboard, a 1930s Regal Resonator, a PRS CE24, an Alvarez AJ80CE Jumbo, a Larave Parlor Guitar, a Yamaha FG170 from the 1970s, a Kurt Hauser Classical Guitar, a Michael Kelly Mandolin, a Martin Soprano Ukulele, a Persian Sitar, a Magini Copy Violin from the late 1800s, a Strad Copy Viola, a Strumstick, and a five-string banjo. Whoa, Darius. Uh, what an impressive collection. What a great guitar snow. And thank you so much for sharing it on the show. And if you're sitting at home thinking, I've got my coffee, I've got my comfy chair, there's one thing missing. Oh, right, I have to submit my guitar snow 
so it can be featured on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Well, I want you to do that right this very second. All you have to do is follow three simple steps. Step number one, visit AcousticTuesday.store and find yourself a guitar snow shirt that, well, you really dig. Step number two, when that shirt arrives at your doorstep, put it on and take a picture amongst all of your guitars. And step number three, submit that picture at AcousticLife.tv. Once you're there, click on the submit link in the top menu and you can go ahead and upload your picture and share your guitar signal with all of us guitar geeks on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Back on episode 179 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show, we talked about attending your very first open mic and how best to get prepared for that scenario. And if you haven't watched that show, you should go back and watch it. While you're there, take a look at the comments section because you've got a bunch of different guitar geeks sharing their very first open mic experiences. It's a treat to read and it's really inspiring and motivating as well. Now, speaking of those comments, I've selected a few here to feature in today's show because that, that show was really ripe with amazing discussion and there were some great questions as well. Uh, the first question actually comes from Dave Eastcott and he asks this. Can I ask what mic that is in the thumbnail? That looks like a very cool and expensive mic. Well, I'm glad you asked, Dave. That is an Ear Trumpet Labs Edwina. Ear Trumpet Labs is the manufacturer. Edwina is the model, uh, and that's spelled E-D-W-I-N-A. It's a great all-around microphone, small diaphragm condenser microphone that works well in a variety of situations. You can sing into it. You can play your guitar into it. I've used it with banjo, mandolin, dobro. Did I say banjo? Yeah mandolin, dobro, a bunch of instruments. It works well in a variety of situations. I cannot recommend it enough. And in terms of its cost, on the whole spectrum of microphones, it's on the lesser expensive end of the spectrum. I wanna say that model is about three to 500. I think you can find them used for around 300, uh, but maybe, I think new they're around 500. You can check out the Ear Trumpet Labs site. Um, they, they make that model and some other amazing ones as well. Actually, you've heard one earlier on today's show, that footage of, of Rob Ikes and Trey Hensley, they were using ear trumpet microphones and uh, they really, they make some amazing stuff and they, they look pretty stellar as well. Uh, our next comment comes from Dustin Carrico and he says this, I'm from the John Fahey School of Performing. You just have to practice playing drunk. I don't know, Dustin, I can't endorse your comment. <laughs> but, but in terms of it being valid, factually valid, yes, John Fahey performed Intoxicated quite a few times. And the reason I selected this is because I have an interesting story uh, of, of John Fahey that I, I think I'm gonna share right now. Again, I don't endorse playing drunk. My experience, not good. That's why I don't drink anymore while I play. Uh, but that being said, John Fahey was scheduled to play at the Old Town School of Folk Music, and I wanna say this was in the 70s, but I'm not entirely sure of the time frame. The story goes as this. I wasn't there, I wasn't around in the 70s. The story goes as this. He was so intoxicated that he actually could not play. Uh, which is unfortunate because, uh, to, again, the story goes, there were so many Fahey fans in the audience. Well, I guess, of course, because why else would you go to a John Fahey show? You'd have to be a fan. But what ended up happening is one of the people in the audience was such a devout John Fahey fan, he knew a lot of his repertoire, and he actually ended up playing that show. So... Pretty interesting story. Uh, again, I wasn't there. I can't necessarily validate all of it. Although I used to archive concert footage at the Old Town School of Folk Music and this was told by a, a reliable source. Anyways, I guess the moral of the story, 
just just don't play drunk. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. It didn't work for John Fahey. It's probably not going to work for you. It didn't end well for John Fahey either. Okay, moving on to the next comment. And this comes from F. Kane. Hey, Tony. So in regards to your statement about, remember they used to have Blockbuster? Well, there is still one left. That's right. There is one left. There is one Blockbuster left that is alive. I'm not promoting for anyone or anything, just so you know. But there's a new documentary on Netflix about it. It's called The Last Blockbuster. Check it out. It's a, it's a good one, bud. Just a little info. Love it. Uh, I'm a documentary junkie. I'm a complete... When it comes to Whitney and I deciding what to watch for the evening, when we get a chance to actually watch something, I will go documentary roughly 100% of the time. Uh, to which she's like, no, I'd like to watch an actual show. So I'm going to put that one in my queue. Uh, thanks so much for that. Our next comment comes from Your Lovely Man. What a nice screen name. He says this, My first open mic was honestly great. I had a few beers, went up first, and acted like I had been doing it forever. When I was done, one dude put 10 bucks in my hand and said, Great job. Buy yourself another drink. I had plenty of train wreck nights since then, though. Uh, what a great story. I love it. You know, oftentimes we think that the first open mic experience is going to be this complete train wreck. It was for me. That doesn't mean it is for everybody. In fact, that's why I selected that comment. And it just goes to show, you know what? Have some fun. It's, it's, it's really all about having fun at an open mic, whether it's your first or your second or 10th or 100th. Our next comment comes from Cosmic Jack, and he says this. If deliberating on whether you're ready for an open mic, there's always busking or street performing. Great for getting used to that attention without being quite so intense. <laughs> and he, he goes on to say this. I've been there with the coffee. I've never felt coffee so sensitively than before an open mic slot. So true. Uh, caffeine is, is, is um, not great before you do an open mic. If you're nervous already, don't drink coffee. It's just going to amplify everything. But back to his, his recommendation of kind of that in-between step. You don't have to go full-fledged open mic. You can do some street performing. And, and he, said it, 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 he said it perfectly. It's, it's, you still are able to perform in front of people and get the attention, but it's not quite intense because everybody's not looking at you in a relatively quiet room. So thanks, Cosmic Jack. Uh, great screen name and great recommendation as well. Great tip. Uh, next comment comes from Daniel Schooley, and he says this. Lesson number six is the most important lesson. Have fun. Enough said. Uh, and, and I, of course, couldn't agree more. That's why that lesson ended up on my list because I think having fun is really what it's all about. Why, why would you do that to just be purely miserable? It doesn't make any sense. You play an open mic to have fun. So when you're doing it, whether it's your first, 10th, 100th, 1,000th, make sure that you take a second, take in the atmosphere, and realize, man, this is pretty darn fun. On to the final segment of the Acoustic Tuesday show, and that is acoustic news you can use. Yes, this is where I help you stay on the front lines of the happenings within the acoustic guitar industry. And I have to tell you, this week, there's some real dandy news nuggets for you. Some, some incredible chunks of acoustic happenings. With that being said, let's go ahead and dig in. And this very first one comes to you from Las Vegas. Well, it comes to you from Lewiston, Maine, and then it flew over to Las Vegas, Nevada, so... Yeah, it's kind of a coast-to-coast -coast traveler, if you will, and I'm not even going to deliver this news to you. I'm going to kick it on over to Carly at Heartbreaker Guitars because she has an insanely gorgeous bourgeois guitar for you to lay your guitar geek eyes upon. Here she is. Thanks, Tony, and hello to all of our Acoustic Tuesday friends. This is Carly coming to you from the Heartbreaker Lounge in Las Vegas, Nevada. Brennan's off today, but I am joined by my pal Toby, and today we have the Heartbreaker of the Month from Bourgeois Guitars. 
This is the Bourgeois Guitars 0012 Coupe Custom. And take a look at this. Tony and friends, you will not believe this aged tone bear claw spruce on the top. Look at this green. It is absolutely stunning. Right now, Tony, now this is actually a limited edition. Bourgeois only building eight of these and we have the first one. All right, let's go ahead and get into the rest of the woods on this limited edition Bourgeois. Turning it around, are you ready? This is master grade Koa side and back. Take a look at this. Moving up the neck, this is a flamed mahogany. The detail on this flame is truly incredible. Take a look here as we move up. Now we're gonna turn it around, head facing, this is Zeracote, and the entire guitar also has Zeracote binding throughout the body. some specs on this guitar. So turning it around really quickly, we've got these open gold Waverly tuners with ebony buttons, bringing it back around to the front. Nut width is pretty standard coming in at one and three quarter inches. We've got a 25 inch scale length here, ebony for both the fretboard and the bridge. Now this thing is constructed with Adirondack bracing and hot hide glue. Purfling is herringbone throughout the entirety of the body. And I tell you what, I cannot tell you enough about how much I love this limited edition from Bourgeois. Number one of eight, we've got it here. Micromono on the guitar. Thank you, Tony, and thank you to our Acoustic Tuesday friends. Once again, this was the Bourgeois 0012 Coupe Custom Limited, number one of eight. If you want to check it out on our website, it's going to be serial number 9031. This is Carly coming to you from Heartbreaker Guitars Lounge in Las Vegas with my sleepy pal Toby, and we'll see you all next time. 
Next, a new music alert. Remember way back when in Acoustic Tuesday show history where I featured 10 of my favorite American primitive guitarists? I should say American primitive musicians because there were some non-guitarists on that list. Well, one of those non-guitarists is putting out a new album. Nathan Bowles, a great old-time banjo player, has a new album coming out. And I believe he's playing alongside Bill McKay. And just to give you a sample of one of those new songs, this is Bill McKay and Nathan Bowles playing their song, Dozing. Check it out. file this next news chunk in the new music category, but it's technically not because it's a classic song that's been revitalized, reimagined, if you will. It's Lindsey Buckingham playing the song Never Going Back Again, one of my all-time favorites, one of my all-time favorite songs ever. A song that helped me get into finger picking. When I first heard it, I thought to myself, what's happening here? And then seeing footage of him playing it, I'm like, oh, that's finger picking. Well, nonetheless, the song is great. It was released back in the 70s, I believe. Well, Lindsey Buckingham sat down with the new Fender Acoustasonic Jazz Master and did a different take on the song. Now, usually I'm not one for retakes or reworking a song that I love so dearly. This is an exception because, whoa, it blew my mind. It's more sensitive. It's more intimate. It's just him and a guitar, and it's beautiful. Here's a chunk. One of the best days of any Guitar Geek's life is NGD, New Guitar Day. And one of our Acoustic Tuesday friends just experienced a new guitar day. Yes, Trey Hensley, who you heard from before, just got a new Thompson Dreadnought. Yes, from Preston Thompson Guitars out in Sisters, Oregon. He has a new Dreadnought that's gorgeous to look at and sounds incredible. The top has this wonderful reddish burst that they're calling the Norman Blake burst. I don't think that's official. I think it's an unofficial tip of the hat to Norman Blake, but it's a gorgeous burst. And to match that gorgeous burst is a gorgeous tone. And how else would you celebrate a Norman Blake burst than, well, you just have to play a Norman Blake tune. And here's Trey Hensley on his new Thompson Dreadnought with a Norman Blake burst playing a Norman Blake tune. A Norman Blake tune. Really tough to say. Here it is.
final piece of news I have for you is a great bookend to today's episode because it features an artist that occupied the top two spots on my acoustic duo album list. Yes, Ricky Skaggs. Ricky Skaggs was interviewed on the Toy Heart podcast with Tom Powers. In fact, I feel like this is two news items because number one, number one, if you haven't listened to the Toy Heart podcast with Tom Powers, you absolutely must. If you like bluegrass, just just subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. You, you will be very happy that you did so because it's a juicy, awesome podcast. The second news item is kind of nested beneath the Toy Heart podcast, and that's the fact that Ricky Skaggs was interviewed on the podcast. Now, you have to check out the synopsis of this show. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you because if it doesn't get your musical mouth watering, well, it just simply will. So let's check it out. Bluegrass legend and country music hall of famer Ricky Skaggs talks to Toy Heart host Tom Power about what it was like to grow up as a child prodigy, the real story of how he got pulled on stage by Bill Monroe, how meeting Keith Whitley changed his life forever and the last time they ever spoke, plus a never-before-told story of how Bill Monroe thought Ricky would make a fine bluegrass boy. Now, I have to say, the reason I brought this podcast up on this episode of the Acoustic Tuesday show is because we just talked about the album Second Generation by Keith Whitley and Ricky Skaggs. Listening to that album gives you great context for that podcast. It's like, it's like a match made in heaven. It's like pairing the right wine with dinner. I'm not a big wine guy, but, you know, when things work together, they work together. So make sure to check that podcast out. And I think on that note, it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show. But before you leave for the day, let's take a sneak peek into next week. Next week, I'll be talking about a controversial topic. Torrefaction, torrefication. Is it a tonal scam or a tonal solution? Yes, it's all about torrefaction next week on the Acoustic Tuesday show. So please make sure to tune in. That's tough to say. Next week on the Acoustic Tuesday show. Remember, you can catch the Acoustic Tuesday show every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time here on YouTube. And I just want to thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Thank you for being a guitar geek. And remember, your guitar progress, your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Thanks again for joining me today. Guitar Geeks Unite, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers. Thank you.